0: he goes the man the myth the legend hardball harge hanging with harge every weekday from 11 to noon right here on texas sports unfiltered and we follow hanging with harge every weekday from 12 to 1 right here on texas sports unfiltered it is trey and bk welcome in to a tuesday edition of the award-winning midday program right here on tsu trey how we doing brother It's a busy day, BK,
1: but I'm happy to be talking with you about sports and other things over the course of the next hour. I'm curious to hear more of this Taco Bell story, though, because Taco Bell is the gift that keeps on giving IBS to people and has been doing so for 40 years now or so.
0: Uh, Don't be blaming what happened on that Delta Airlines flight on Taco Bell, okay? Uh, They didn't have anything to do with that incident there it's a culprits it's a culprit so I don't know if you heard about this but Taco Bell was recently involved in a lawsuit they were actually suing some taco chain called Taco Johns to get the rights right. to use Taco Tuesday right Taco Johns I guess legally owned the copyright for Taco Tuesday which is absurd that anybody can own the copyright for Taco Tuesday. And that's what Taco Bell said, too. It's like, what what are we doing here? Like, this should not be a thing. And Taco Bell won the lawsuit, and in their efforts to celebrate, they are basically offering all of us tacos from anywhere today. They're not giving away Taco Bell tacos. If you order on DoorDash, if you order tacos on DoorDash, they actually are giving out a discount code that's going to give you $5 off any order of 15 bucks or more on DoorDash. So they're basically telling you, hey, to celebrate this, buy your tacos from anywhere, and we'll give you five bucks to give you a free taco or two in honor of us winning back the rights to Taco Tuesday. That's why we love Taco Bell, man. That is big time stuff right there. That's a Quinn Ewers level type of performance at Alabama from Taco Bell against Taco Johns taco john's had
1: rightful claim to taco tuesdays they did come up with it i want to say back in the 1980s but taco bell is a corporate behemoth so of course they have more money to throw at lawyers so they're going to be able to outlast the competition certainly in a courtroom so congratulations to taco bell for being the biggest dog
0: in a fight hey this is freedom Taco Bell's not stealing Taco Tuesday for themselves. They're saying anybody can use Taco Tuesday. What are you, a communist? Do you want Taco John's to be the sole dictator of Taco Tuesday? Come on, man. This is America. There should be a bald eagle flying in the background of the next Taco Bell commercial because of what's going on. No,
1: I I do love America, which is why I try to acknowledge those who come up with an idea first and go through the legal motions to copyright and or trademark that idea, which, which is what did happen. And Taco Bell's argument is that, well, it's become so big now that they can't just stake claim to this anymore, that it belongs to anybody and everybody, and that includes us.
0: Yeah, and they're right, because... We should be able to talk about Taco Tuesday without having to Venmo Taco John's anything. I don't know who that is. Who's Taco John's? Is that Papa John's? Is there a guy racist too? What's the deal here?
1: No, Taco John's is a Taco Bell-like fast food restaurant that's mostly found on the West Coast that is almost an even more gringified version of what Taco Bell does, if that's possible. Like, I think they offer... I think they offer like French fries to go along with the tacos too, which is where the the John's part of the equation comes in. It's like we're taco,
0: but we're also white boy John as well. Mm, they have bathrooms there. They let you use the John inside their restaurant. That's that's what they're naming themselves after. Very nice. Well, I hope I, I hope they have bathrooms inside those walls. If it's anything like Taco Bell, because otherwise people are just going to mm. be shitting in their seats. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, gringified. Taco Bell is as authentic as it gets. But, you know, you as a white, you don't understand how that works.
1: All right. Yeah, the Mexican pizza. Anytime I think south of the border, (laughs) I'm thinking pizza.
0: Uh, Authentic. Oh, man. What a start. We're having some fun. We'll talk plenty of sports today. I guess the biggest story of the sports day is is where we'll begin. We'll obviously hear from Steve Sarkeesian what he had to say at his media availability down on the 40 acres yesterday, Uh, some more recap of the Alabama win, and, of course, some look ahead to this weekend's tilt against Wyoming back in Austin. But obviously the biggest sports story of the day is what took place last night on Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers on the first series of his Jets career Tears his Achilles. We find out today that it is torn, and he is done for the season. All of the hype, all of the buzz, all of the excitement surrounding the Jets, it just vanished in the blink of an eye, in the tear of an Achilles. Now, a nice win for the Jets. They did rally and get that victory in overtime, which, yikes, Buffalo. You can't be losing to Zach Wilson. But obviously, the biggest story from last night, Trey, Aaron Rodgers, the biggest move of the NFL offseason, is done for the year. I hate this for Aaron Rodgers, BK. I hate this for everybody
1: who came to New York really following Aaron Rodgers. But most of all, I hate it for me having to watch Jets football on Sundays and the occasional Monday. Because, my goodness, Zach Wilson fucking sucks. (laughs) Even though they won the game last night, that guy is terrible. Hey, I've got an idea for the Jets right now. How about go out and get a dude who is just unceremoniously cut from the team that he's been a part of for the last few years, including the occasional start, who is the utmost professional, who will learn the playbook quickly and actually be able to throw the ball more than two yards downfield.
0: What if the Jets go and get Colt McCoy right now? Well, they're going to get somebody. I mean, there are already reports from NFL Insiders saying the Jets are calling teams and calling people about other options they can't run it back with Zach Wilson Uh, forget what we saw last night we saw a full year we saw a full couple of years of Zach Wilson and he just ain't cut out to be a franchise quarterback in this league and uh, that's why it stinks so much for the Jets right they finally felt like they had the one hole on their roster figured out and I know Aaron Rodgers is 39 I know last year was a little bit of a disappointment for him but he had won the MVP the two prior years he's won four MVPs he's a future Hall of Famer he's a Super Bowl champ he's freaking awesome and they finally felt like they had that missing piece to the puzzle. They felt like they had a chance to compete. And now, of course, it's gone. They can't run it back with Zach Wilson. Colt McCoy's not their first call, dude. They, 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 they got to go bigger than Colt McCoy. I love Colt McCoy. They got to try something else. My first call was to Tom Brady. I don't know if Tom Brady answers the call. I don't know if he has any interest in playing. Obviously, that's the Patriots' biggest rival. And, boy, what an F you that would be. For Tom Brady, who just got honored at Gillette on Sunday to come out of retirement to go play for the Pats' biggest rival. like I don't know if that's feasible, but I'm calling a guy like that before I'm calling Colt McCoy. And I'm probably calling a couple of other teams to see if I can get a backup quarterback before I'm calling Colt McCoy. As much as I love Colt and you love Colt and we all love Colt, uh, the Jets should be trying to go for somebody a little bit better at this stage than Colt McCoy. Look, ultimately, you're right
1: about that. But you also need to try and sign somebody right now who would be an upgrade from Zach Wilson. And I believe Colt McCoy would be that. I just don't know who all the backup quarterbacks are in the National Football League right now. Like, conceivably, the Dallas Cowboys might make sense as a trade partner because Cooper Rush proved himself as an adequate game manager. And even then some when Dak was hurt last year. But if the if you're the Cowboys, do you want to get rid of that insurance policy and just have to roll with
0: Trey Lance behind Dak? Isn't that why you got Trey Lance? Like Do you just want him to be your third-string quarterback? Did you give up a fourth-round pick for a guy you want to be buried on the bench for his entire career?
1: No, you traded for Trey Lance because Jerry, who admitted this last week said that he had all the information he needed after hearing from the San Francisco 49ers. So he decided in five minutes without talking to anybody that he was going to trade for Trey Lance. Well, yeah. Jerry thinks he's,
0: he thinks he's good. Like the Niners told
1: Jerry he was good. They sold him a franchise understands why that trade was made though.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Well, Jerry calls the shots. I I mean, look, hell trade, Trey Lance for a first round pick. How about Trey Lance for Quinn and Williams straight up? Who says no on that deal? think the Jets say no. I've got an idea though. There's one
1: backup quarterback that I know of that I'm probably a little bit too high on because of the Mike Leach connection. How about Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis? He went in to try and earn starters reps with the Colts who are obviously rolling with Anthony Richardson. Talking about somebody who needs to learn how to slide, by the way. He nearly got himself killed at the end of that game on Sunday. But Gardner Minshew might make sense for New York.
0: Yeah. Anthony Richardson got hurt in that game. So I don't know if The Colts feel super comfortable trading Minshew because maybe they are worried that something's going to happen to Anthony Richardson again, but he might be the best backup quarterback in football. I mean, maybe you call the Saints about Jameis. I know he's not the smartest quarterback in the world, but he's better than Zach Wilson. I think he's proven that Uh, Atlanta's got Taylor Heineke on the bench. That guy's been a starter in this league. I think he's better than Zach Wilson, maybe Jacoby Brissett, who's with the commanders right now. Uh, is the type of guy that you call, and Teddy Bridgewater I think is a free agent. Like there's, there are other guys out there. You know they'll probably swing for the fences and and go for a Brady. I don't know if they'll call Drew Brees. I don't know if they'll call Philip Rivers. I don't know if they'll call Matt Ryan out of the booth. But I I, I think uh, there are a few trades that would make some sense for one of those backups that are on another team versus going after Colt McCoy in free agency. Teddy
1: B actually makes a lot of sense. Where was he at this this uh, this training camp? Was he with the Detroit Lions?
0: Yeah, it's he's, like he's, he's, he's still there. He's still there. This article I'm reading that says he's a free agent and I am stupid and I didn't think for myself because I'm a millennial. We don't think for ourselves. We just believe everything we read on the Internet. So I believe that and that's my fault. No, that's OK.
1: He very well could have gotten cut and I just didn't realize it. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is a competitor, man. He may be limited in terms of the skill set, but that guy will give you everything he has to win football games. And maybe the Jets need somebody like that right now.
0: Yeah, we'll see. They got to do something, though. But man, that's look rooting for Texas has been rough at times in our lifetimes but being a jets fan oh my god dude that's one of the worst franchises to root for pro college high school i don't care i mean that's it's miserable being a fan of that team and last night was more reason of that
1: yeah second worst september 11th in jets fans history Mm. fortunately
0: for them too soon man too soon all right let's uh you want to do an nfl rundown here Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, we'll recap week one of the NFL season now that it's officially in the books. We'll go game by game and give some thoughts, if we have any, from what took place in the first week of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, We talked about the Thursday night game on Friday, obviously a huge win for the Lions in Kansas City, pulling off the upset against the defending Super Bowl champs. The Saints 16, the Titans 15, It was ugly, it was sloppy, but Derek Carr gets the win in his NOLA debut.
1: Yeah, boy, Tennessee. They may be making a change at quarterback at some point in the next few games. Not that Ryan Tannehill is terrible, I guess. Maybe that's an option for the New York Jets is going out and getting somebody like Tannehill, but they need to start looking for the future. Um, This Tennessee Titans team, I realize that they play in a really bad division this year but they're not going anywhere this postseason. I would maybe try and find something for Derek Henry while we're at it as well, and he still has some trade value. But good for the Saints, starting off on the right track. I think that uh, this is a team that would be able to win games with either Jameis Winston or Derek Carr at quarterback, but I don't really expect much out of either team in
0: 2023. Yeah, I mean, the Saints have a shot to win their division because their division sucks right like Derek Carr's the best QB in the NFC South but uh yeah I don't I don't think they stack up with the top teams in the NFC and then dude I, I don't even think that Houston Roughnecks or the Arlington Renegades in the XFL want anything to do with Ryan Tannehill after his three interception performance on Sunday he, he sucked he was awful and the Titans look they drafted Will Levis in the second round this year they drafted Malik Willis in the third round last year so they're clearly starting to plan for life after Tannehill, who's in the final year of his deal. Uh, that life might have to be in a little earlier than expected if he uh, plays like he did on Sunday. Uh, Ravens 25, Texans 9. C.J. Stroud, an up-and-down debut. He got no help. The Texans are down three starters on their offensive line. An impressive performance by the Ravens, but obviously at a cost as J.K. Dobbins again, a season-ending injury Baltimore, I think, is a good team, Trey, but obviously replacing J.K. is not going to be easy. That's a
1: bummer. Justice Hill did a decent job, and uh, ultimately, though, Baltimore is a team that's having a hard time just staying healthy right now. Mark Andrews is dinged up to start the season. They obviously have uh, several different wide receivers who are coming off of major injuries, too. This is a team that can actually get relatively healthy, minus J.K. Dobbins, of course, and I feel terrible for J.K., having to miss another year like this then they could be a force to be reckoned with but that's a big ask right now just based on uh, some of the big names on this roster and the significant injuries that they have been
0: dealing with for the last couple of years yeah i'm with you on that browns 24 Bengals three in an afc north clash the Bengals are my super bowl pick joe burrow was my mvp pick And, boy, I'd feel like an idiot after watching that game in Cleveland on Sunday. Nice start for the Brownies. Not so nice of a start for the jungle.
1: Yeah, there's two teams that really need to cling tightly to the whole it's just one week and it's just week one mantra. One is the New York football Giants who got absolutely embarrassed by your Cowboys on Sunday night football. And the other is the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, I realize Joe Burrow's calf injury may have turned into a bit of a contract negotiation. Well, you have that big deal now, so it's time for you to go out and play like it. My guess is this was a rust-getting-knocked-off game for Cincy, and we'll see a much better version of them next week.
0: Yeah, and Joe Burrow's really struggled against the Browns in his career. It doesn't make a lot of sense, considering just how average the Browns have been, really forever, but especially since Joe Burrow got there. They just have his number somehow, some way. Uh, big game in the division this week with uh, Baltimore traveling to Cincinnati. Tough one for the Bengals to try to avoid falling to 0-2. One of, if not the biggest upsets from week one, how about the bake show? Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Minnesota, knocking off the Vikings 20-17. I'm sure a lot of folks had their uh, survivor entries destroyed Buy this one. Oh, you're one of them.
2: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: or the the three teams that I paid for in the Survivor League that is a big-money Survivor League, I got knocked out with all three teams this weekend. Who else did you have? Minnesota, Tampa was uh, was one of them. I also had the Seahawks beating the L.A. Rams. That one wasn't close. And then, oh, what was the other one? Hold on a sec. Let me look here. Why didn't
0: you have the Commies?
1: (laughs) Dude, one of my strategies needed to be taking every team playing the Cardinals this year. That was my bad. And I also meant to pick Jacksonville over Indy, but for some reason I didn't. Let's see. <sighs> Ballina, Baltimore. I should have taken fucking Baltimore over Houston. Just really, really poor decision by me. Let's see. The other one was a late game, I guess. Oh, no, I didn't have the Giants over Dallas. I had... um. Oh, I had Chicago over Green Bay, so that was a really stupid pick.
0: You bet on Chicago in a Survivor League?
1: Completely idiotic by me. I also have Justin Fields and DJ Moore as my quarterback and wide receiver one and two fantasy leagues, so I'm just really starting the season off poorly other than predicting (laughs) Texas to win by double digits.
0: Dude, I wouldn't pick the Bears to beat Texas A&M in a Survivor League. Like That's how little faith I have in the Bears right now, or ever.
1: It was insanely stupid by me, but I thought I was going to be cute there versus just going with the smart picks. That's what you need to do in Survivor Leagues. Just make the smart picks each and every week. You may run short on that over time, but you'll at least get yourself out of the first month,
0: unlike dumbasses like me who are taking unnecessary risks. Mm, Yeah. What would you make of Tampa, Minnesota, besides being ticked, that it ruined your Survivor pool? Is this Tampa maybe not being as awful as we thought, or is this Minnesota like coming back down to earth after winning every one-score game they played in last year. Kind of fitting and funny that they open up this season with a one-score loss. Is this more, uh, yeah, maybe Minnesota's not nearly as good as they were in 2022. Look,
1: Baker wasn't a world-beater on Sunday, but he was decent enough to help this team win their game, on top of the fact that Minnesota is just a weird team. They're unpredictable. I know that they won the division last year, but they didn't make any noise in the postseason. Kirk Cousins has pretty good stats. I don't know. Alexander Madison seemed like he was ready to carry the mantle for Dalvin Cook, but he wasn't very good on Sunday either. They got their typical incredible performance out of Justin Jefferson, and it looks like Jordan Addison is going to be a really nice receiver too as well. But Minnesota is one of those teams that I need to watch for a month before I have any sort of idea of what they might be capable of this season. By the way, that... NFC South is likely going to turn into a Tampa New Orleans race to, I don't know, nine and eight or 10
0: and seven to see who can win that division. Those are the two teams. A lot of people think Atlanta, they beat Carolina 24 to 10 in their season opener. You, you're Tampa over the Falcons? Dude, Desmond Ritter, I watched a fair amount of that game because of Bijan. Desmond Ritter did
1: not look very good. He's going to have to look a lot better for them to beat decent competition on their schedule because you can only lean on that ground attack so much.
0: Yeah, the quarterbacks in that division, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, who I think will be very good, but we're talking about a rookie, and then uh, Baker Mayfield. That is yikes. You're right. I I don't know what teams. I think the Saints are going to win that division, but, hell, they might only need like eight wins to win the NFC South this year. That division is going to be that bad. Hmm. All right. Anything else on Falcons 24, Panthers 10? Just love seeing Bijan get
1: some run. I know you and I talked a little bit about it yesterday. I'm okay with him not getting more carries early on. Like, you have 17 games to make that happen. Probably not going to be a playoff team this year, but let him get his feet wet, gradually give him more. It's just like what Detroit is doing with Jameer Gibbs right now. Like, it's obvious that the guy needs to be receiving the ball more when you see him touch it, but there's no need to rush into that. And especially with Arthur Smith being Bijan Robinson's play caller, it's only a matter of time before he's giving Bijan 30 to 40 touches in a game, just like he did with Derrick Henry his last two years when he was the actual play caller in Tennessee. So let's just enjoy... Uh, Bijan on limited touches until we get to that point because he eventually will become the workhorse for that franchise
0: yeah 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 yeah. you and I differ on that but you're smarter than I am and you're a doctor by the way congrats you had the first diagnosis of the Aaron Rodgers injury that I had heard from anybody in our Texas sports unfiltered group text right after the injury (laughs) went down you texted everybody like I think that's an Achilles And then all of these fake Twitter doctors are like, oh, that might be an Achilles. You had it first. So tip of the cap to you, my friend. Ritu pecked. Well done.
1: You know, I've seen, well, I've dealt with enough injuries with my 45-year-old body at this point. But I've also seen, and I pay close attention to a lot of injuries as well, that when people were saying ankle sprain, it wasn't like your when your ankle gets sprained, typically it's going left or right. It's going inside or outside. And that one went straight back, and it looked like it just really got stretched. Like I saw some people suggesting less frank injury. It didn't really seem like that. It seemed like it was going to be something in the Achilles area or maybe even like a calf strain, especially once they did the x-rays and they found out that there were no breaks. There were people suggesting that they saw that little wiggle out of the calf that you'll sometimes see when a guy blows his Achilles out? I didn't see that necessarily, but it was just hard to imagine that it was something else. Unfortunately, like I hate this. Like, mm. it, on the one hand, it was, you know, the, the sadistic side of me, it was amusing that the Jets are already dealing with this sort of luck to start a season where there's so much promise. But the football fan in me was hugely disappointed that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a part of the 2023 season. I was not amused by his injury per se i was just amused by the jets luck the injury itself just it sucks no matter what way you look at it
0: yeah the jets have a bunch of primetime games this year too hopefully they'll get flexed out yeah. of them but uh yeah they're like the broncos of this year now except russell wilson didn't get hurt like everyone's like oh russ and denver this is gonna be great let's put them in primetime a bunch same thing with the jets this year it's like oh rogers is there let's put him in primetime a bunch and uh yikes yeah that that stinks
1: Jack, Zach Wilson is in his third year with this franchise, correct? Correct. You're, this is year three for him. How is he incapable? And I know he had like two completions on the night. How is he incapable of throwing the ball more than 10 to 15 yards downfield?
0: Dude, all offseason long, too, and in hard knocks, it was like, oh, this guy's different. Now that Aaron Rodgers is here and Rodgers has taken Zach Wilson under his wing, he's so much better. No, he's the same dude. He sucks. It's not Rodgers' fault. He sucks. he just sucks. He sucks. He yeah. sucks. And I, I was hoping Rodgers was going to be out for one week because the Jets play the Cowboys. Then he could come back. That's fine. But, yeah, now we're stuck watching Zach Wilson. We won't be because the Jets are going to trade for somebody else. And uh, we won't have to watch that guy pretend that he's an NFL quarterback anymore. But, oh, my God, that, that, mm, brutal, brutal, brutal. All right jacksonville 31 unless you have anything else you want to add on aaron Rodgers and the jets Nope. jacksonville 31 indianapolis 21 anthony richardson a couple of decent things in his debut did have uh, a couple of turnovers as well obviously got hurt towards the end of that game doesn't seem too serious jacksonville This was close for a while, but they end up pulling away late, and they get the victory. The Jags, the favorites in the AFC South going into this season, Uh, they take care of the Indianapolis Colts on the road to open up the year. Yeah, there were some questions as
1: to Calvin Ridley and how he would look after taking a year off. A lot of people who were able to watch them in training camp thought that Calvin Ridley was going to come back in a major way, and at least through one game, he is proving to be the number one wide receiver On a team that has pretty good wide receivers, BK, Calvin Ridley finishes eight catches, 101 yards, a touchdown, had 11 total targets, too. So clearly, Trevor Lawrence trusts him. And uh, Travis Etienne doing a nice job in that backfield as well. There were some questions as to whether Tank Bigsby was going to come in and, and steal carries from Etienne. But much like during his time at Clemson, Travis Etienne is a great player. If you get him in that 15 to 22 to 23 touches category, which is exactly what the Jags did on Sunday. And he uh, was really good as a result. 18 carries, 77 yards as a touchdown, had five catches. So he's serving as Trevor Lawrence's safety valve too. And I like that Jacksonville defense a lot. Anthony Richardson presents a unique problem because he is so good running the football. But that Jacksonville D can be very disruptive at times
0: yep shout out to uh austin high maroon zay jones one of those Jags receivers that you're talking about he had a nasty touchdown catch in that one as well and yeah jacksonville yeah. they want to playoff game last year uh, off to a good start in year two of the doug peterson era uh, one of the most impressive performances of the day came in pittsburgh and it wasn't by the steelers it was by the visiting san francisco 49ers who were all over pittsburgh pretty much from the opening kick This game was 20 to nothing early in the second quarter, and the Niners never looked back. 30 to seven, the final. Brock Purdy, really good. Christian McCaffrey was amazing. And you don't see the Steelers lose like that ever. That was a beatdown in Pittsburgh.
1: We'd heard over the last month and kind of throughout the offseason that Kenny Pickett was really starting to figure some things out, and that this is a different Kenny Pickett and that George Pickens is about to establish himself as one of the best receivers in the National Football League. Now, going back to the start of this conversation, it is just one week, and it is just week one. so We're not going to draw huge conclusions here, but based on a single week's performance against a really good San Francisco 49ers defense, neither guy looked the part.
0: His widow hands are too small, me thinks. To play quarterback in the NFL, tiny hands, Kenny Pickett. It's like uh, Uncle Jack, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He needs those giant gloves so he can actually grip the football so he could throw it down the field. Otherwise, he's got no chance. Yeah, big year for Kenny Pickett to try to prove that he is a legit franchise quarterback. And look, San Francisco is really good. Their defense is great, but... Uh, you look at Pickett's numbers, and he got over 230 yards. Most of those were in garbage time. Like in the first half when this game yep. was in hand, Pickett couldn't do jack you-know-what. It was ugly. Um, the game you should have picked for your survivor pool, Commanders 20, Arizona 16. I will say this. Uh, Arizona had a lead late in this game. Like Washington did not <laughs> look good, and a lot of people who did pick the commies were sweating out their survivors in week one. But the Commanders, Sam Howell, the go-ahead touchdown, they get a late field goal to uh, put things out of reach, and they avoid what would have been a catastrophic loss to open up the year against the team that I think wants to be the worst team in the NFL.
1: I love all those Sam Howell truthers that made it seem like this was uh, the second coming of Tom Brady that was about to start for the Commies this year. And look, he may very well be decent, but he's also a guy who's going to be learning on the job,
0: too. Yep. Raiders 17 Broncos 16 Russell Wilson looked better but he still didn't throw for 200 yards and this was an ugly game uh it felt like a 2022 Broncos game honestly with just the lack of offense that we saw didn't see a major difference in Russ or a major difference in the Broncos offense the Raiders win their seventh straight over the Broncos now this, to me, feels like uh, you know a battle for fourth place in the AFC West this year. The Raiders get the road win in Denver to start the year.
1: Yeah, you feel bad for Denver because they've suffered some uh, debilitating injuries at wide receiver. They do still have Cortland Sutton and uh, also a couple of other guys like that. How about uh, little Jordan Humphrey catching a touchdown pass? That was a nice right. one going left to right uh, near the corner of the end zone. But to be without Tim Patrick for the season and then also Jerry Judy, I believe he's out the first four games maybe that really puts that Broncos passing attack behind the eight ball also good to see though Javante Williams back out there after that serious knee injury last season he is an exciting player at running back and even though uh, he only had 13 carries in the game I think he made the most of them with 52 total yards so it's only a matter of time before I think he's back
0: to his 2022 pre-injury form yeah as Jake said uh you know Broncos won the Super Bowl eight years ago, and they've got two teams that just won titles. I, I feel zero sympathy for Denver sports fans right now. They're they're living my dream, so they're doing okay. Uh, Eagles 25, Patriots 20. Philly jumped out to a 16-0 lead. This thing looked like blowout city. Patriots came back, made it a game, but Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien and that Patriots offense couldn't get the uh, the late score they needed to knock off the defending NFC champion Eagles.
1: Yeah, boy, Philly got up early in this game. They got up by a couple of scores early on, and then it turned into them holding on for dear life after that. It was a very strange game out of them where they weren't all that great offensively other than Jalen Hurts finding Devontae Smith. It's just one week. It's just week one, so you expect them to be better going forward. That was a little bit surprising, though, considering how much they
0: dominated early in that game. Mm -hmm. Packers 38, Bears 20. (laughs) You picked the Bears in the survivor pool. Against the Packers, too. Oh. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. God, you've done some dumb things in your life, but that's that's number one, dude. You can tell me every story you have to tell me, but nothing is going to top the idiocy you displayed by picking Chicago over Green Bay in a bet. Ugh, painful.
1: How about this? I picked the Bears to win the Super Bowl this year. No, you didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're dumb. You're not that dumb. That would, be, that would be dumb even for me. Oh, my God. uh Rams 30, Seahawks 13. Look, I, I, you probably weren't alone picking the Seahawks in your survivor pool. That was a little bit bold considering some of the other games that were out there. But I, who saw this coming? Like a, a Rams win would have been a big deal. But they beat the brakes off of the Seahawks, outscoring them 23 to nothing in the second half. Boy, I was worried about Matt Stafford and that elbow. He looked completely fine. Uh, Kieran Williams out of Notre Dame, a great debut for that dude in the Rams' backfield. And the Seahawks, after a great, surprisingly great season, a horribly bad start for Geno Smith, they got beaten badly at home.
1: I thought this would be the Sean McVay farewell tour, and it still may very well be. But yeah, I, I am as surprised as you are right now, BK. Stafford's wife is talking about how he has a hard time connecting with the younger players because they're on their cell phones too much. And they really leveraged the future to win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So now is the time where that is conceivably catching up with them, especially with Cooper Cup on the IR for the first game, uh, first four games of the season, if not more. One thing, uh, one question I have for the LA Rams, though, is at what point do you stop putting much so much faith and Cam Akers, that guy sucks. It's time to move on from him at some point. 22 carries? You gave that guy 22 carries, and how does he reward you? Yeah, He has a touchdown, I guess, but 29 total yards. That is... Those numbers don't add up. I don't
0: understand why Cam Will, Cam Akers is still a member of the Rams. Yeah, Kieran Williams might be taking more snaps and more carries moving forward because uh, he had a couple of scores. He was the goal line guy. Sorry for you, Cam Akers fantasy owners out there. But uh, maybe a change is coming out there. And, yeah, this was a beatdown. Seattle had 180 yards of total offense. L.A. had 426. And this game was not close at all. Uh, A couple more to get to in our week one NFL roundup. For my money, the game of the week. Dolphins 36, Chargers 34. We touched on this one a little bit yesterday. If you were ranking MVP candidates after week one, you might put a couple of teammates at number one and number two with what Tua did and with what Tyreek Hill did. The Chargers had no answers. That was a fun back and forth game. And the Dolphins get a, a big time road victory to open up their year.
1: Miami is an intriguing team this year, BK, if Tua can stay healthy. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is an absolute freak and proving himself to be one of the all-time greats to play that position at the NFL level. Yeah, I just said it, but for that guy to have that explosiveness at the age of 29 is insane. Jalen Waddell, also really good. They have some interesting running backs there, and they, they have some intriguing pieces on defense, but... This team is going to go as far as Tua's health allows them. And through one week,
0: he was the best quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, he was awesome. That was a fun duel watching Tua and Justin Herbert go back and forth in that one. And then finally, the game last night's, Of course, the biggest storyline, the Aaron Rodgers injury, but a nice win for the Jets despite that injury happening early in the game uh, of course, Stephen F. Austin's zone. Xavier Gibson with the walk-off punt return, touchdown in overtime. Biggest storyline for Buffalo, Josh Allen, dude. This guy is a turnover machine, and he's been a turnover machine his whole career, but obviously he's played well enough to where it's been okay and the Bills have won a lot of games. But at times, last year, his turnovers cost them in big spots, including in the playoffs last season. And obviously last night, I mean, that guy... They got to check him for colorblindness, dude. Like you're supposed to throw to the blue team, not the team wearing white, the team wearing blue, Josh, three interceptions and a fumble lost. He sucked. That is not a game. The Bills should have lost once Rogers went down and really only because of Josh Allen, the bills lost it.
1: Yeah, he is most responsible for that. Where are you with Josh Allen right now? Obviously two years ago, He was the talk of the league in a sense. I realize it's still Pat Mahomes more than anybody else, but he was looked at as one of those guys that was the future of the league. And while Buffalo was still a playoff team last year, and he put up good numbers in a sense, he also had a big issue with the turnovers. And that has obviously carried over into a single game in 2023. Where do you rank him amongst the best young quarterbacks in football right now?
0: Well, I still think he's a top five quarterback in football. Forget the word young, but, you know, if he puts games like last night together, then I'm obviously going to change my opinion there. But I still think with this guy's arm talent and his ability, both as a passer and as a runner, he's a top five quarterback in the game. But uh, anybody maybe amending their lists after what happened on Monday Night Football, I wouldn't blame too much. That was pathetic by him. What about you?
1: I think he's probably right around to a level right now, but for different reasons. Where there are pretty big questions that are starting to arise that he is not doing a good enough job answering. Where I, he's certainly not, I mean, Pat Mahomes is in a category all his own. But he may even be a little bit behind like a Justin Herbert right now. Just because... Herbert is unfortunately dealing with a coach who seems to be out of his element in terms of game day management. But I watch Herbert operate, and he strikes me more as a guy who will have long-term success in this league. But part of that is the whole protecting the football thing, though. If Josh Allen doesn't get that figured out, like he's good enough, and he's, he'll put up good enough numbers that his team will still win enough games to get them to the playoffs, but he certainly won't be able to get over that hump. I'm
0: going to call him Donnie Staley because he's out of his element. Oh, I like that. The dude abides. The dude abides. Rest in peace, Donnie. That one, uh, that one still stinks. There's your week one NFL roundup right here on Trey and BK. a Couple of texts to get into before we give some sponsors some love. Our text line, 512 222 9328 Text says, You guys bring me a lot of joy. Appreciate y'all. Another text, you've probably heard this a million times, but so glad to hear you two guys together, uh, together again. And then here comes Thomas Brady, a text in regards to what's going on with the New York Jets. Yeah, that's uh, very intriguing to see if Tom Brady can stay retired with a really good opportunity to compete for another Super Bowl opening up with the Aaron Rodgers injury going down.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I just hate that Aaron Rodgers injury all around, man. It's That was going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch in the nfl this season and now they're kind of also Rans. i hate to say that but unless you go out and find somebody better than zach wilson last night was a pretty colossal fluke you're not going to be able to to will and luck your way into victory like that most weeks
0: yep yep all right before we uh, hear from steve sarkeesian let's give some love to uh, some of our great sponsors trey audio visual consultations Tom McKay, a great buddy of ours And he hooked both of us up with awesome TV setups. And he can do the same for everybody hearing the sounds of our voices right now.
1: BK, I'm going to have to give Tom a call after the show is over with today because I don't know if it's evident when I'm talking to you, but my internet is so bad right now that I I just need to find an answer. Spectrum's not going to provide it. Tom might be able to help, though, because he is so good with wiring, audio, and video. Who's to say he might not be able to figure something out for me with the wireless internet option as well. And why can I so confidently turn to Tom for something that I don't even know if it is part of his expertise? Well, because every time audiovisual consultations has come over to my place, they've done a phenomenal job installing a dream home theater entertainment center downstairs. We've got a video game nook in our upstairs loft area now as well that my son and I use just about every day and i also know the quality of work that audiovisual consultations has done so many other places homes like in your home bk the uh, the apartments that you've had over the years as you get that 4 tv setup and more and then also places like pluckers every pluckers location those televisions that audio system yeah installed by audiovisual consultations find out for yourself first go to avconsultations.com to see everything audiovisual consultations can do for you Once you decide on that service for your home or place of business, you're going to give them a call at 512-255-8678 for audio-visual
0: consultations. Shout out to them and shout out to our friends at Olipop. Want to give them some major love. Trey, I got to get you some of this stuff, man. They're uh, actually sending me some Olipops and they're sending us some gear as well, which I'm super excited about. But uh, I pay for this stuff. I love Olipop. I go to HEB and I buy a few cans every time that I am there. This got me back into soda, man. It's like I had given up soda. I'm like, I eat like shit. So the one sacrifice I'm going to make on my diet is I'll just drink water. I'll stop drinking soda because it's so bad for me. And that's that's what I will do to make sure I don't die before I turn 30. Uh, still six months to see if we can get there. But Olipop got me back into soda because it's, it's healthy. Like it's good for me. It's not that it's not bad for me. It actually has health benefits as well. I'm getting nine grams of fiber in every can. They also have unique botanicals, plant fibers, and prebiotics that help with uh, microbiome and digestive health support. Shows how smart I am. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just know that it's good for me, and it's a great tasting soda that's actually healthy. Uh, people have been clamoring for stuff like this forever, and my friends at Olipop figured it out. So H-E-B, Costco, Target, Whole Foods, wherever you get your groceries, make sure you're uh, getting some Olipop, too. Once again, a great-tasting soda that's actually good for you. And it's got some health shit that I I clearly don't know anything about, but it's good for me, it's good for you, you'll enjoy it and get you some. I have to admit, hearing you say microbiome
1: was not on my bingo card for today's show. Uh,
0: I don't know if I ever did say microbiome. Maybe I just did right there. I tried four or five times. I don't know if I ever actually said it correctly. Uh, God, yeah, I'm sure they love that live read. I don't know what it is. It just works and it tastes good. Hey,
1: this is not shtick. I really want to try Olipop. Will you bring some to Covert B Cave on Friday, please?
0: I will. Speaking of Covert B Cave, we'll be there Friday. Another Friday luncheon before a Texas Longhorn home game. And our guest this week, our man, Casey stuttered That's right, the legendary lifetime Longhorn, member of that 05 National Championship team and one of our good buddies. He's going to be out there this Friday, starting at 1130. He'll be taking pictures. He'll be signing autographs. We'll be talking some Texas football, answering your questions. More importantly, free food from our friends at Smokey Moe's Barbecue and Verde's Mexican Perea. Come out and see us. Should be a ton of fun out at Covert Bee Cave this Friday. All right. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Mm, What do we want to hear from Steve Sarkeesian? Let's talk about the biggest improvements because I want to get your thoughts on this too, Trey. Week one left a lot to be desired especially on offense right texas won they won pretty handily they didn't cover the spread but they beat rice and hey maybe rice is better than we thought considering what they did in week two against the university of houston uh maybe let's kick houston out of the big 12 and bring rice in they they might be better we need to make that move but let's hear from sark and i want to get your thoughts on um, texas's biggest
2: improvements from week one to week two a little more rhythm, pass game wise, and I thought we played faster. Um, and you know, I could sit here and attribute it to the heat in Week One. Um, I can attribute it to, oh, it's a different opponent. But I think at the end of the day, from a, as a competitor, you know, our speed is an advantage of ours, and I thought we played fast football, especially offensively um, Saturday night. Uh, you know naturally you know I thought we were very disruptive up front on the defensive side of the ball um, which paid dividends you know I know early on we didn't play the run great and then we settled in there uh, but our ability to to you know create kind of chaos in the backfield um, I thought was huge and uh, i would be honest Ethan Burke had a tremendous game I thought Byron Murphy had a great game you know a week ago we were talking about Tavondre Sweat and obviously you know what Anthony Hill did so a lot of a lot of cool plays and not to mention the effort played by david benda on the sack that he got so you know that front continues to grow in a way where they were really active okay um from a special teams perspective you know we're still you know we think we're close you know like the return game's close and and we need that aspect to grow for us uh, whether it's the punt return or kick return game so you know we've we're seeing the growth and and we definitely we saw it last week but there's new there's new levels for us to go to and i I think that we can get there
1: can i ask a quick question on special teams bk why did we not see keelan robinson out on field goal block wasn't he a part of field goal block last year and had at least one or two blocked kicks i didn't even notice that is
0: he not out there anymore
1: I didn't see him. There was only one time that I remember clearly where I was looking for number seven on the edge and I did not see him anywhere. Hmm. Maybe it's them just having other guys that they would rather put in that position now, but he is so good at getting through and blocking kicks. Perhaps he is more a part of the, uh, the punt block team than he is a uh, a kick block team. But I feel like you can at least try him at kick block because he is so good at getting through to the punter when the opposition is is trying to punt it downfield on fourth downs.
0: yeah. I'm with as far you on as that. the
1: playing, as far as the playing faster on offense goes, I'm a little bit surprised that that was his answer. and I guess I kind of understand where he's coming from, especially because the longhorns were going no huddle and actually playing with a little bit more pace in terms of going from one play to the next. But I am surprised that he didn't talk more about the improvements on the offensive line first and foremost though
0: hmm yeah i mean the o-line was a lot better and them being a lot better allowed texas to run the offense that it wanted to run on saturday uh the team did look faster and they did play faster and i wanted them to go up tempo i really did like a lot of people were like scared like if we go up tempo and we go three and out we're just gonna punt it back to them and uh, we're only gonna kill 30 seconds off the clock and you know we can't do that we need to establish our ground game and run the ball and keep their offense on the sideline and i'm like that's that's playing scared That's playing scared. That's not where Texas is at its best offensively. Play up-tempo. Do whatever you have to do to score freaking points. And that's what Texas did. They played fast, and it worked against Alabama. And I hope they do more of that this season, especially against some of the better opponents the Longhorns still have on their schedule so yeah the o-line i I think you're right i think that was the biggest difference between week one and week two you could talk about the deep balls which of course are tied into the o-line blocking better but that was a huge difference as well i thought the d-line was disruptive against rice they were obviously disruptive and uh, very chaotic against alabama on saturday so i don't want to disagree with with sarah completely there uh i don't know what he's talking about about the return game though return game's close it's close to what Xavier Worthy is like 20 yards away from catching any punt. There's no return game because he doesn't even try to catch the ball. Like, that's, no. I don't get that, dude. Talked about that. Bucky's been hard on this, too, after like all season long. It's like, dude, just go. Like, Texas is losing 5, 10, 15 yards on every punt because Xavier Worthy doesn't want to catch the ball. And Worthy's awesome. He's an amazing receiver. And I think he's a good returner, too. Like, I don't hate having him back there because I think he can be explosive in the return game, and you always want that. But, like, dude, go catch the ball. Like, stop letting it bounce 5, 10, 15 yards before you touch it or before the other team downs it. Those are hidden yards that I think Texas is missing out on right now.
1: Yeah, you have to be a willing returner. That's that's the first most important quality for you to be back there on punt return. You have to be willing to do that job. And if he's making a business decision to try and keep himself a little bit healthier? Well, that's fine, but let's find somebody else on this roster who can maybe do that, like Keelan Robinson. Speaking of Keelan is another one of those dudes who seems like he would be ready to make that happen because he's just looking to make plays in whatever way possible. But there has to be somebody else who will be better suited for that position right now than Xavier Worthy.
0: My guess is that we see somebody else back there this weekend against Wyoming. And maybe Jontae Cook. He took uh, some returns during fall camp before the season started. He could be an option there. But, yeah, look, I I think Worthy's capable. He's just got to prove that he wants to go catch the ball.
1: Yeah, look, I, I understand why Jonte Cook is not playing more right now. And as you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I'm fine with that. I would rather have a shorter wide receiver rotation than going back to the insanity that Tom Herman is rolling out there where he's taking Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey off the field in like fourth down key situations where they need a big catch. So if they shorten that rotation, that's fine. But I also want to see Isaiah Neor to a lesser degree, but Jonte Cook out there in some way that would make sense that allows him to flash that skill, a la what you're doing with Anthony Hill right now. Of course, that's not a one-to-one comparison because Anthony has a very specific role that he gets to carry out now on obvious passing downs, and, boy, that's going to be a lot of fun to continue watching the rest of the season and beyond. But, yeah, let's figure out another way for uh, for Jontae Cook to get involved in the action, if not as a wide receiver, then perhaps as a return guy makes some sense
0: i'm with you all right we'll talk plenty more texas wyoming and recap texas alabama as we progress throughout the week of course chip and zay coming up from one to three and then trey and jeff howe with a little bit of kevin dunn mixed in i think from three to five this afternoon but we've got about seven minutes left in today's midday program that means it's time for
2: where are we at in society today
1: That's right, BK. It is our daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe all is not lost. Perhaps we will not end up in a war with the robots. And if we end up in that war, we may prevail. But BK, sadly, today is not that day. Come on. It's been like four days since we've done a where are we I just think I'm going to lead things off with a good story here. And we go to, I'm not sure where we're going here. We go to the world of catfishing. You remember what catfishing is all about, right? Oh, of course. I'm the king of it.
0: You're the king of catfishing. What does that mean? I don't know why I and said
2: that. Misrepresenting
0: yourself online? Yeah, I already look good. I actually do the opposite of catfishing. I uh, I just portray myself as like a giant, fat, ugly dude and, and see if it works. And then when I do show up to the bar, girls are impressed. They're like, oh, you're not giant, fat, or ugly. You're BK. I'm like, yes, setting the bar low, exceeding those expectations, the reverse catfish.
1: That's a good strategy by you. Well done there. Thank you. Well, this is not a reverse catfishing, but it is a strange example of catfishing. A woman says she discovered her husband of nine years. She found out that her husband has been role-playing as her to catfish other men online. And this woman, unfortunately for her, because she is apparently a battered wife, literally or figuratively, is asking the internet if she's to blame here. The wild tale of betrayal and deceit was posted to an anonymous forum and is impossible to verify. So perhaps it's complete bullshit, but we're treating it as the gospel here. <laughs> but the details of the story have captivated many a Redditor. So the post begins with the backstory. The couple had been married for nine years, but recently had a rough patch as she describes quote, We've had some disagreements in our marriage and due to him not wanting to do much after work. Certainly don't fault him for that, but got to deal with your relationship, guy. She says she says she had taken up some hobbies by herself to fill the void. Quote, I've taken to going to the gym, walks and martial arts. But these activities are not an attempt to exclude her husband because she often would ask him, hey, do you want to go on a walk? you like to go to martial arts class with me? Or maybe we can even go to the gym together. But the guy always said no to all of this. And while she describes the past year as being particularly rough, she does acknowledge that there was a bizarre moment early on in their courtship. Quote, a little more background. I live in a his country really far away from my family. When we first moved over, the only job I could get was a night shift. And after a couple of months, I saw messages pop up on his phone Where he was sexting with an old friend however rather than letting that end their romance she says quote i was young dumb and in love so i gave him a second chance so now we fast forward to the present because this was at the beginning of this nine-year relationship recently i had the opportunity to get into his phone i know i shouldn't have but given the year we'd had temptation took over idiot left tinder wide open she says He is catfishing me. He is catfishing as a 23-year-old girl talking to men. And he says things like, yeah, I was too busy, so my man left me. I haven't found anything explicit, and he can't really meet in person, but is it still cheating, she's asking. And the caveat here is that he is representing himself as a young woman using her pictures on Tinder as part of this process.
0: This guy's a... Freaking
1: loser in my uh, book.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if that's cheating, but she still needs to leave this guy because he is a psychopath. I mean, that is that is psychotic, ludicrous, absurd, obscene behavior by that dude. Wow. Well, it also speaks to maybe
1: his true personality. Yeah. And that is yeah. as a uh, member of the other team. What? what team
0: the lgbtq plus team ah gotcha. as opposed to being on the s-t-r-a-i-g-h-t team <laughs> s-t-r-a-i-g-h-t did i spell that right shit
1: yeah i don't know that just broke my brain but yes that team like he's faking <laughs> like he's on that team but clearly he's not putting any effort into this relationship anymore meanwhile dude's getting his rocks off by representing himself as a woman on tinder to dudes so he's not he's if, not actually know,
0: meeting up with these guys he's just like catfishing them on the app but not ever showing up it's just all manti teo like where it's just it's all fake
1: i guess so like he's a little bit embarrassed right now this dude needs to just go the the route that uh so many other gay men have over the years and just go to grinder by the way that the heteros have completely ruined the idea behind Grinder with Tinder. Tinder was originally supposed to be a hookup app. It's turned into a dating app now. Grinder is where you go, go if you are a gay man and you want to find some sex. That's what this dude needs to do right now. I just he needs I to don't stop know. playing around here. He needs to end this faux hetero relationship and
0: just go be his best self. Does this mean he's gay though? Him doing this? I like is, is, is there? I don't know. I think there's
1: a pretty good likelihood here. And by the way, I'm going to go complete Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Just you need to actually be you and stop stringing this poor woman along who's the only one making efforts in this relationship. She needs to have enough self-respect to just go ahead and end things right now.
0: Yeah. Rather than shaking the red Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have ended them nine years ago when this first happened, Trey. Not waited as long as she has. But at this point, you got to call it off, right? Yeah. By the way, great thought by Jay Ward here. These are the warnings
1: we get when men meet, quote, women online. It's probably some fat dude
0: in a basement. And in this case, it was. Mm. We don't know if he's fat. We don't know if he was in a basement. What a weird thing to find out. What would you do if you found out your wife was doing that? Like catfishing as you. you.
1: If she was taking pictures of me to talk to women on Tinder?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, boy, I need to tread lightly here, don't I? (laughs) Um, Look, I'm not asking for any reason other than I'm just general curiosity, but can you show me some of the responses, please? Mm, Yeah, see if it works. See if you still got some game, huh? Yeah, I mean, just general curiosity. Like, she and I obviously have issues, but maybe there's a a threesome on the way out the door. That was terrible to say. Mm,
0: I I hope that never happens. I don't know. I thought that was
1: a great thing to say. I I, I hope that never happens. If I were to catch her doing that, we would be divorcing. But I would also ask to look at some of the pictures of connections (laughs) that she was making, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. See how much game she has. I guess it'd be her game if she's doing all the messaging. But see if uh, women find you attractive on these dating apps here in 2023. Yeah, it's her game, but it's my face. It's like the perfect setup. It is. It is. It is. Great story. We might have to talk about that more tomorrow because there's a, there's a lot to unpack in where we are at as a society. But we are done for the day. Chip and Zay, of course, coming up next. Shout out to all of our great sponsors, AV Consultations, Covert Bee Cave, Altstadt Beer, Sentex Tickets, 7-Eleven, Relax the Back, Woods Comfort Systems, Last Stand Hats, Olipop, and Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipments. Trey, great show. I will talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Great show to you, my friend. Thank you. And coming up right now, it is Chip
1: and it is Zay. Gentlemen, take it away.